Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to another incredibly exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, I'm sure all five or ten of you know who we are, so I won't go that far. I'll just leave it alone as it is. But uh, anyways, we still have those giveaways, people, just to put a bug in your ear. Uh, you know, the one from last week where we surprisingly did it during Ma Hinshaw's segment, uh, you know, write in, and you're still supposed to write in to Mike, by the way, though, because Ma Hinshaw has email, but she doesn't check it. She also has Twitter, but she doesn't check that either. She just doesn't do anything technologically, like, you know, sound other than use her smartphone. And she has a really hard time with that. So we we just leave it alone. She makes phone calls. She kind of texts. But we'll leave it at that. So we got the two giveaways still going on. Email Mike at realfilmers.com to be entered into those. Um, speaking of the devil, Mike, how are you, sir? Oh, hey, man. Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. Ma, Ma Hinshaw's not into the technologies, huh? Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, she doesn't hide it. Uh, it's her eyesight. So my mom can't see real well. She hasn't driven for uh, several years now, and she has a really hard time reading screens. That's why whenever we have uh, foreign films or subtitled films to review, um, it's very difficult for her unless my nephew goes with her because he has to read them for her. Oh, man, that would be rough. Yeah, so uh, we did Godzilla Minus One, which she loved. She thought it was great, but it, it was my nephew sitting there reading the subtitles to her the whole time. Ah, okay. Gotcha. That was a good movie, though. Which luckily, uh, yeah, she loved it. Which luckily, um, uh, you know, at Cinemark, at least the showings that she's been going to, you know, your former employer um, yeah. down in good old SV, um the showing she has been going to has not had a whole lot of people in there. And she sits in the handicap section, which is down below where most of the people sit anyways, because it's really close to the screen, which is weird about our, the, my hometown or our hometown Cinemark. Um, the handicap section is like really close to the screen. And so no one sits near her anyways. And so no one has complained or been bothered by, you know, my nephew reading the subtitles to her. But anyways, so to get back on topic, Mike, real film nerds, Episode number 350. Well, I guess that's on topic. I mean, Ma Hinshaw does have her segment in this film review podcast. It's just towards the end. But uh, anyways, Mike, episode 358. This is a Netflix, Netflix, close enough, Netflix film that came out in December. It had a very small release in November in the theaters probably la new york just to try and get it some awards which didn't happen as far as i know i don't think it was nominated for a damn thing but mike we're talking about the new julia roberts ethan hawk and uh, mahershala ali film leave the world behind go ahead why don't you break it down kind sir all right, Matt. Um, well, you just gave us like half the cast. It's only um, three. There's more. I know. Those are the big ones. But still, I didn't want to leave one out because you know they're big. They're yeah. all three very big actors. All right. Yeah. No, no, they are. Uh, so uh, Leave the World Behind was directed by Sam Ismail. Uh, it was written by Ruman Alam and uh, Sam Ismail for uh, Screen. 
And like you said, it's starring Julie Roberts, Mahersha Ali, Ethan Hawke, uh, Myhala, and uh, Ferreira McKenzie, and Charlie Evans. And this movie. No love for Kevin Bacon? No, no, man. He's barely in it. He has like three lines. Yeah, he's not a star in it. That's true. Well, he's still in it. And he's a big deal. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's in it, but barely. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Or That's right. Five degrees? How many degrees is it? Se- five? Seven, Six? I think. Seven? Seven. Fuck yeah. do I know. Kevin Bacon, you're in it. Woo! All right. A family's uh, getaway to a luxurious uh, rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. All right, Mike, so I saw this in December when it first came out on Netflix. Uh, I watched it over what those of you who have normal jobs and don't work all the time is Christmas break. Um, I wanted to watch it because my buddy told me it was just fantastic and he's not into these kinds of films. He's not into the dystopian stuff, but he really enjoyed this film. So I watched it around Christmas time. Uh, and I told my mom and I was like, mom, you got to watch this movie. It's pretty good. And she sat down and watched it. So this was my second watch through of it. It's her second watch through of it. We'll be discussing that in her podcast later on, but Mike, this is your first watch. I want to know what you thought. Um, I didn't really know what I was getting into besides it was kind of, uh, you know, into the world kind of movie. And, uh, I I liked it. It's like a thinking man's movie. I, I there, there's not a lot of external stuff, so it's a lot of thinking and like just talking through stuff. And there's characters are are interesting. And man, I think Julia Roberts killed it on acting this character. She was just amazing. Like, and you can see the change over the, the period of the movie. It's it's a little bit longer movie. It's about two hours and 20 minutes. But, yeah, I, I, I really like this movie, Matt. Well, Mike, I agree with everything you stated. Uh, one of the issues I have, though, I don't like Julia Roberts' character. And I don't know if she was the right actress to play that character. Like, because Julia Roberts, we have this persona of all the roles she's done up to this point. She's not a mean person. She's not a off-putting person. She doesn't hate people, but she does in this film. She delivered well, but I just don't know if it really fits her because of our preconceived notions of Julia Roberts up to this point. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Uh, I thought she did a great job, so... Uh, she was very believable to me. Oh, 100%. Um, Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, all knocked out of the park. All the main actors, all six main actors did a very, very good job. Um, I'm not a huge fan of a couple of the characters, and that's not anything to state about the uh, actors. Like um, Ruth Scott, uh, played by Mahala, I really hated that character. I thought that character was awful. Yeah, that was kind of a weird character. And I don't know, coming from GH or whatever, um, George Scott. Yeah. He uh, he seems so different, but, you know, you know, it could be that's how his, you know, his, his daughter is. 
Yeah. Just, yeah. That's how she was raised. Maybe that's how his wife is or was. We don't know what really happened to her. But um, what I didn't like is it seems like she kicks her dad around. And he doesn't so much allow it, but he doesn't push back against it either. That kind of bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It, the the characters some of the characters in this uh they i guess they were all different and kind of unique um i love the 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 young daughter uh, the the teenager daughter or preteen yeah rose sanford yeah yeah i Dude, loved her ca- she was character. creepy as hell man like the whole time, like I even talked about this on the radio, she's creepy. Like what she brought to that character just really kind of messed with me and kind of creeped me out. Maybe it was the look or like the little subtle facial expressions or whatever, but I was like, that, there's something wrong with that girl. Yeah, I I don't know. The, this, this movie was, uh, you know, it ended and I was like really thinking about it. It was like, wow. That's how you know it's a good movie, man, when it makes yeah. you think about it for the next two or three days or week or month or whatever. And I knew you were really going to get probably more than our average listener out of it because, you know, you're so involved in the tech world like myself. Um, me, I do it, you know, for fun and personal and just interest. And you do it because, you know, it's part of your career and you're also interested in it. Yeah, no, it it. It was uh, it was interesting, dude. Uh, with, um, I think it's hard not to spoil this movie, Matt. So I'm just gonna ask you early. Uh, w- what are you drinking? <sighs> well, Mike, thanks for asking. I I don't think it's too early. I mean, you can ask your question whenever you want. We just know it is the start of our uh, spoiler sections, typically, which is fine. I mean, dude, this is our podcast. We do what we want. You know, we pay for it. We host it. No one sponsors us. Um, we get promos from our partner Paramount sometimes. But anyways, uh, enough about that. Mike, I am drinking. I have a couple more of these left from Four Peaks. It's called Cool Beans, and it is a vanilla coffee porter. Oh, man, that's, that, that sounds real tasty, man. Cool Beans. It is, and it's spelled the cool way. Not C-O-O-L. It's spelled K-U-H-L. Cool beans. <laughs> wow. Awesome, Matt. Awesome. So, all right, Mike. What god-awful IPA are you devouring today? Uh, just, just uh, you know, a normal, uh, the, the, the Hoppy Nomad, the, the Aldi uh, uh, Session IPA. You're slowly working your way through your 47-pack? Yeah, you know, 47-pack. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you bought a uh, 50, but three beers didn't make it home. That's right. That's right. And what what do they call those? Uh, road sodas? <laughs> yeah. I believe some people refer to them as road sodas, yes. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, to press on, because we could talk about this movie for a while, and I anticipated that. Um, let's go ahead and do it, Mike. Your favorite segment, what is this week's dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. Oh, man. I, th- I think you're going to like this one. I'm trying to keep them topical, Matt. So um, hopefully you like this. What do you get when you cross the 
end of the world with a chicken. Mm. Bacon? Kevin Bacon? An egg extinction event. Ah, cheesy. That's a that's a dad joke though, through and through. I, I don't know why Kevin Bacon. I was thinking pork breakfast meats. Yeah, I you don't know. know. You were yeah. you, you're really on that Kevin Bacon. It's delicious. I love bacon. <laughs> Speaking of that, I watched a movie on Saturday that I don't know if we are going to do it for the podcast because I don't really want my mom to see it, let alone talk about it. But uh, Mike, I'm starting to play catch up. We can get into this later in the pod too. But I'm starting to play uh, catch up for the best picture nominees. Uh, I saw Poor Things on Saturday. Oh, oh, uh, I I want to see that, Matt. Uh, it's supposed to be weird. I think it's, so. I think it's going to win everything. It's one of the most insane, weird, off-putting films I've ever seen in my life. It's in the top five. And, All right. Uh, disturbing. Very, very disturbing. And I don't want to talk about it, but Mike, if you get a chance. Please go see it because I would like to have a personal discussion about it. But like I said, I really I can't ask my mom to go see it. I I really don't think she should. It's that rough. I don't think she could handle it. So, anyways, uh, speaking okay. of uh, things you can't handle, Mike, how does Leave the World Behind relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, Matt, uh, thank you for asking. So uh, this movie's uh, editor, uh, Lisa uh, Lassick, also is the editor on The Avengers and um, uh, I think one other one, uh, the, the Avengers Endgame. So, yeah, big time editor. Well, there you go, Mike. And like I was talking about earlier before the pod, um, it's not out yet, but Mahershala Ali is the new Blade. And so when that movie comes out, uh, there's your tie-in there, too. But you were saying, you know, he was in Eternals. He's in Eternals, his voices. I don't know if he's physically in it, but there was a big teaser for Blade at the end of uh, uh, Eternals when that came out in the theaters. Yeah, you're right. I do remember that. I have not seen that movie since the theaters. Uh, it was rough. It's still not the worst MCU movie, but it was pretty rough. So... Anyways, Mike, we are now in your favorite section, the spoiler section, next to the dad joke section. This is your favorite, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Th- uh, well, yeah. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Spoil away. What do you want to talk about? Well, well, man, I was going to, uh, the plane crash was really like, dude, what did you think of that, dude? That was nuts. Insane. Insane. Now, are you talking about the one that happened when he was there or the one that happened before he got there? Because for some weird-ass reason, they kept crashing in the same area. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but uh, the I, I both, I guess, dude. It was like, why is there all this stuff everywhere? But after you see kind of like at the beach or whatever, and it like starts to come together, like, oh... Because I was like, did someone throw a party or something at this house? Like, what happened? Like, it was very strange. Well, and that was a very good use of cinematography there because they show you the stuff one by one. Now, if you were there in person, you would have seen all this shit and you would immediately know what was going on. But they slowly started showing you little by little by little. And then all of a sudden, wham, holy fuck, this was a plane crash. Yeah. 
And I guess speaking of cinematography, Matt, what did you think about some of the overhead shots and like moving through walls and kind of the stuff that they did? It was like a lot of, um, I don't know, different views of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam, Esmail, Mike, I don't know if you watched Mr. Robot all the way through. I think you might have watched some of it. I haven't finished it. I think I have the last season still to watch. I believe it's on Prime now. But uh, Sam Esmail did a lot of that in Mr. Robot, and I like it. I like the perspective. I like, um, like for instance, there's one, uh, speaking of cr- things crashing in the same spot over and over and over, the Teslas that kept crashing specifically oh, yeah. to block the roadway. So that's where I was going to go with the jets is that they kept crashing in the same spot. It's like it was kind of planned like the Teslas. Like there's a reason why they're crashing that way and where. But maybe not. It could just be just coincidence. But it's kind of rare to be that coincidental. But yeah, now I, I I figured something was attracting them, whether it was instrumentation mistakes or I don't know something. Yeah, there's totally a reason why they're doing what they're doing. The planes and the Teslas. I mean, not what they're. Of course, there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing. But where they are crashing, where they are hitting, what they're doing. Like they talked about in the film that all the Teslas were purposely they were doing that to block the roadways yeah now that was very interesting yeah because they were all brand new dude i was like whoa yeah so clearly my mind goes well there's a hack and exploit that clearly they hadn't figured out and they were able to hack the new ones but maybe not so much the existing ones right right but that was that was interesting. That there's a lot of things that happen in this mat that are just like, what like kind of wild, but not like it all makes sense. That's the scary part about this film. But yeah, where I was going with the Tesla scene is they pull out of the Tesla scene, and there it's at a hard ninety degree angle, and then it rotates to your typical uh, sixteen by nine normal. And now the 90 degree angle isn't like what everybody that doesn't know how to shoot video on their cell phones and they hold it vertical does. No, it's 90 degrees and then the whole screen pans and it's back to normal 16 by 9. And I like that. And that was a really good example is with that Tesla because it got the whole thing and then it pulls out and shows you how what it's doing, like where the Teslas are blocking. And that was really revealing. Yeah. Yeah, so that I, I I thought some of that stuff. I mean, there was even some shot where it's like it went from the inside of the house to the outside, and like you see like the insulation or whatever. Like I was like, that's interesting. Oh, dude, fantastic! He's very very good visually. But Mike, um, let's go back to you talking about how scary it is. How realistic do you think this scenario is? Because my personal opinion. I think it's a heck of a lot more realistic than anybody could even think, honestly. Dude, it was super realistic. Like, uh, you know, there's a part where Mahershal Ali's character reveals what he's really thinking, which has kind of been, it's masked for a lot of the movie. And he talks about this strategy of, you know, cut off communications and, and, kind of let everyone destroy themselves almost. And I was like, wow. Okay. So you're hitting on, you know, almost the end of the film, which is a big deal. My question is, I I don't know if this was supposed to be 
our government attacking themselves, they talk about that, or if this truly was a bunch of foreign powers, like what Kevin Bacon's character talked about, ganging up together against us. Like, what do you think it was in this film, Mike? Or can you give me a definitive answer that I missed? Um, I don't know. So Kevin Bacon's character argues, you know, that that was a bunch of the, our, our enemies joined together and kind of formed an alliance against us. Although somewhat plausible, I, I would have a hard time of, of them being able to pull something off, uh, the, as big as, as this seems like it was. So that's another thing. We don't, we don't really know much, um, we we know there was like there's there's kind of mysterious sounds, the animals are behaving weird. It looked like there was some sort of uh, detonation over in the city. Oh, that's a, like that's a nuclear bomb. Yeah, they they said that was. Okay, yeah, that was a nuclear um, bomb that went off. Yeah, um, but like they didn't. I don't know. Like they didn't delve into everything. But I I don't know. I have a hard time imagining our enemies all working together because I feel like there'd just be like a scenario of too many cooks, like people would want to do stuff differently, like, and they'd have a hard time getting along. Well, but if they're coordinating it and like how Kevin Bacon's character was talking about his friends had those pamphlets before the phones were disconnected and all that, that were um, Korean over on the West coast and then on the East Coast, it looked like it was Arabic of some kind, be it the Iranians or Syrians or whoever, um, some kind of uh, Arabic you know, language on the pamphlets. And so maybe they coordinated a time to attack, but not necessarily in the same way. But yet, if they're using similarly looking pamphlets and the similar things and they just changed the language, then yeah, that does say it probably was our government trying. But what would be the point? Like, ultimate control or is it kind of like just hitting the reset button like what would be the point of you know creating this chaos in your own world your own country i don't know dude i don't know what would would the point we uh i don't know but it did seem very real yeah yeah for sure it just felt it felt like just intense and and dude, what do you think happened with the um, the teenager and the teeth and all that? Like, there's all these things. So um, I did a little research, and I actually I watched uh, 60 Minutes. I haven't watched 60 Minutes in a long time. Um, I need to go back and finish it. But five or six years ago or so, they did a story about uh, microwaves, and this is a, a known thing that that um, they think the Cubans were doing, and maybe the South Koreans, maybe the Russians are doing. There's these microwave-emitting uh, devices that they've been hitting with people in specifically people they think are spies for the U.S. And they will you know, broadcast these microwave to these hotel rooms. And now I'm not sure if it's in the hotel room next door, if they're doing it outside or whatever. But one of the side effects of these microwave you know, waves or whatever is being sent using microwaves one of the side effects is people's teeth falling out and that's where that comes from oh man that's crazy 
Yeah, because that's really happened. Like that happened to some people in Cuba, happened to some people in, uh, I think, Iran and uh, South Korea. Yeah, it's pretty wild, dude, that that's straight out of like, that's legit. Like that's really has happened. Now, I don't know if whatever devices they use in this film is possible to be able to do something like that because you don't see anything set up. You don't see drones flying over doing it, whatever. So it would take a massive ray of something to be able to do that at that level for like whole areas you know yeah 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 and maybe that's their point they're just trying to let you know that there's some interesting stuff out there yeah and oh yeah well uh and mike i mean i don't know uh it was on 60 minutes as well uh, our own government has developed and used um uh the vomit radars things where they emit microwaves where it makes people throw up as a, a crowd control device have you seen those oh no dude yeah <laughs> that's interesting but you got to be with you got to be like directly in front of it you can't be like off by like 30 or 40 degrees or else it doesn't work but if you're like directly in front of it and it doesn't affect everyone it affects like 80 percent of people or something but if they blast it and crank it and it's on this big truck and it looks like basically like a satellite dish and they crank it, it basically makes you nauseous and then throw up. And they they were trying to use it as a form of crowd control over, like, tear gas or whatever, you know? I mean, that makes sense. Try and disable somebody in, in a different way. Yeah, because, so. I mean, you know, vomiting is not a great thing, but it's still not as dangerous as, like, even tear gas. Because if, you know, you get enough tear gas, I mean, it can kill. I, I haven't heard of it really killing anyone as of late, but it can if you inhale enough of it, you know? Yeah. Where yeah. vomiting, I mean, you know, one and done. Yeah. But anyway, so Mike, um, let's do this. I have no clue what was going on with the animals. What's your theory about the animals? I don't know, dude, but it was pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, especially that scene at like, uh, when they're at the little like cabin thing, the little like spy shack or whatever. Yeah. The garden shed that was out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was a pretty creepy scene. Yeah, um, I I understand. Like they talk about it in the film a little bit, where migration patterns were disrupted um, by possibly the microwaves, by possibly nuclear warfare, whatever. And so animals were migrating weirdly, which explains like the flamingos and the animals that were not native to New York. But it doesn't explain the deer. Like the deer was weird as shit, and how they're just standing there. And one of the theories I have heard is that they were trying to warn the people and help them. But it's like, how the fuck would the deer know about nuclear holocaust and all this end of electricity and all this other shit? I thought at first maybe the deer had gotten sick, like there was some sort of problem and they were behaving differently. Because, you know, like, you know, when they come rabid or whatever, they do stuff weird. Like, but... It seemed like it was even weirder than that, and it was just like they were like observing the people almost. I, I like I like those theories a little bit better than they're trying to warn them. It's just it was just too weird to me. I I didn't understand the animal part. Like that's one of those things that it was creepy as hell. Yes, and it. I mean, this whole film is creepy from the the uh, score to the you know the acting the. 
I mean, just all around, just a wonderful, wonderful thriller. But if I was to leave anything out and try and tighten this up a little bit, it was, would be to eliminate the animal stuff just because it's, I don't know if it really adds or takes away really. It's just kind of there. Yeah. The oil tanker thing like set it off, dude. Like what? Oh, when I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <sighs> Like, what, there's no one in this oil tanker and they don't know how to turn? Like, I didn't understand it because they were, it was coming for a long time. And then the, yeah. o- the only thing I could think of is that it was automated and there probably weren't people in it because this is supposed to be kind of in the future a little bit. Well, I imagine it's automated to a point, but maybe like they couldn't turn off the automation, right? Oh, like if 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 it got point. hacked, right? Yeah, good point, Mike. Very like, good point. They're probably trying to struggle and get it to stop, and they can't, especially a giant ship like that. Yeah, like it probably steered itself most of the time, and it's you know when stuff's going wrong that people take over. You know, kind of like a uh, commercial flying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, I imagine that's that's kind of what it was going on that that's what i thought i don't know yeah well but even on aircraft you know you can turn all that stuff off but again to your point if it's hacked and manipulated and bugged and there's a flaw and it shuts that ability off it doesn't matter right right i mean so we we saw tesla's driving themselves an oil tanker could drive itself maybe the planes were do you think the the interesting thing is wherever they're at, I guess they're so remote that they don't really have a lot of, like, people around and stuff. Because I'd wonder if people would start, like, going door to door and trying to figure out what's going on or where people are at. Well, I think that's what the example with Kevin Bacon was, is they were kind of trying to figure that out. But, yeah, so they weren't, like, super remote. I have not been to New York City. I don't know. Have You, you haven't been to New York, have you, Mike? No, no, I've never been to the city. Yeah, so this area is the Hamptons, basically. And they talk about in the beginning that they got this gorgeous house in the Hamptons, which is outside of New York City. And the Hamptons, I believe, is a formation of islands. Um, And so that's probably, and you know, it's super rich people, like really super rich people live out there. And typically they're not full-time residents out there. It's usually summer homes kind of thing. And so that's, probably why there wasn't a lot of people there and also they also point out at the beginning of the movie it's like the middle of the week and they plan this trip spontaneously just to get out of the city because julia roberts character is done with people so i i think a lot of that is uh the director trying to lay the groundwork saying that hey they're going to this area and there's not a whole lot of people here to begin with and they got really lucky basically because as you saw nuclear holocaust in new york city and you could hear gunshots and all that stuff yeah no i don't it's hard to imagine what would happen in that kind of situation for a long period of time and then even more stuff happening you know like like bombs going off Oh yeah, dude! It, it, absolute, absolute chaos. So, so Mike, you uh, really enjoyed this film. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, discuss, chat about? Leave the world behind, because you know you and I can sit here and talk about technology all day long. We used to do it all the time when we were growing up. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, th- I, th- I think, I, th- I think we, I think we got most of the big stuff, man. It's uh, um, no. One thing I will say, I, I found quite 
uh, funny was uh, the um, the the girl, the teenage girl who's uh, worried that the animals are trying to tell her something is extremely obsessed with friends. And I thought that was kind of funny. And and she wanted to know how it ended real bad. And uh, the, the, you know, all the technology broke and she was left hanging. Well, and it just shows you how disconnected she was from uh, reality in a way because she wanted to be a part of friends and know what was going on and they were good people. And she even says that kind of stuff, you know, she just had to know what happened to all these good people. Yeah, no, I know. I know she does say that. And, and, and her brother's like, Oh yeah. Her brother is very, uh, harsh to her. He is, he is <laughs> as, as brothers would be. And Mike, one thing I did get out of that, um, you know, uh, major spoilers. This is the very end. But, uh, uh, Mike, I will never get rid of my physical media. My Blu-ray DVD video game wall will live on in infamy. <laughs> all right. All right. That is a little bit of a spoiler, Matt. But uh, that was an interesting. I really liked the way it ended. You liked the way it ended. See, I was kind of disappointed in the way it ended. I think that was one of the takebacks. Okay. I I liked it. I liked I liked how that ended. But one way to interpret it, and I, I was thinking this afterwards because I watched some reviews and deep dives and all that kind of stuff into it later, is um, the person at the end is the sole survivor. Huh? Because even though it clearly shows, you know, the time frame and all that other stuff and you'd think they would, you know, find this person and get there and be in the bunker with said person... But a way to interpret it is that they never made it, and she was the only one that did. Ah, shit, I said she. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, well, it's okay, man. Well, we, uh, we won't go farther than she. Yeah. All right, there you go. But, yeah, that's one way to interpret it. I thought that was interesting. Okay, I don't know if I should talk about this on the podcast or not, but I'm going to anyways, and I'll make it quick. Um, I watched a video that pointed out a lot of things in this film that I did not notice as a viewer because I didn't deep dive into it and I didn't look into it big time, but there is an undertone of black versus white throughout the entire film from when Mahershala Ali shows up until the end. And I never really saw it other than the daughter that keeps calling Julia Roberts's character racist. Well, I mean, even Julia Roberts' character uh, admits to treating them badly uh, and making judgments and stuff, and I think that was all alluding to that, Matt. Correct. Right. But that's that's the known. It's all the stuff that's that this uh, reviewer pointed out that I did not recognize until he pointed it out. Um, for instance, anytime you see uh, Julia Roberts and Mahershala Ali talking, the scene is clearly black and white they are they have like are standing in front of a black and white painting or the color palette is black and white like it i i didn't catch on to stuff like that and that's every single time mahershala and julia roberts character are talking but it's only them okay and then um in the bunker at the end the whole food now granted this was like half of a second you saw this but the whole food closet in the bunker, the whole thing, is all food that has been considered like 
band or racist. So like Aunt Jemima's was in there. Oh geez. Okay. And every single food item in there is that. Like there's um there's like this drink that I never heard of. It was called like Indian cherry drink or something, and that was like a legitimate thing. And so that's another okay. example of the stuff that they put in there that I had no clue. But this guy sat down and, you know, went through it. It's interesting. I'll if I find the video, I'll send it to you. But I, I just I don't think that was needed in this film. I don't think it adds to it. I don't think it detracts to it. It's just not really needed. I mean, the premise of Julie Roberts and Mahershala Ali, you know, and her questioning this guy that showed up that doesn't have any proof that he's the owner of the house. I would be questioning that no matter what color of their skin was, you know, you paid to rent this house. You haven't heard that the world's going to hell. You didn't know what's going on. And here he's asking to stay in this house that he claims he owns. Uh, that's red flags all day long man yeah oh yeah i mean it's weird you know somebody's showing up in the middle of the night asking to stay there yeah i i don't i don't care what his skin color is what and or what her feelings are or any of that i just don't i don't think it was needed i think it was terrifying enough without it that that's all the point i was trying to make i just feel like it was something that we really we didn't have to have so anyways all right mike i will stop uh talking i know you need to go to bed you're starting to fall asleep because you're old. Uh, Mike, how many reels do you give Leave the World Behind? Uh, I'm going to give this one four out of five, man. I had a great time watching this, and I think a lot of people should watch this. This is this is an interesting movie. Mike, I concur. Even watching it a second time, I give it a four out of five. I give it a four out of five the first time I watched it. Um, like I said, the only things I really have problems with is uh, the ending I wasn't a huge fan of and uh, the racism stuff, I don't think it really adds or detracts to the film. I think if you're going to do stuff like that, it needs to add to the film. And I don't think it really did. I think it's terrifying without it. Yeah. True. So, all right, Mike, for next week, do you want to talk about next week's film or should I? You, I'm not even sure I know which next week's film is. Mike, how dare you how dare you i have been anticipating this film since i started seeing trailers for it back in september october argyle we are going to talk about argyle mike yes sir all right they've been pushing the hell out of this film so it better be good uh yeah i mean this is kind of uh, a slower period for movies you know besides the oscar uh, nominated movies and um i don't know the beekeeper i don't know if it ended up winning but it was like it might have won the third week it was out the box office which is kind of weird dude that movie's um, great it's just so much and, fun uh mean girls were were neck and neck so i don't know which one actually officially took it because they were like uh the estimates we don't know who's gonna win well, Mike, I definitely think Argyle's going to dethrone them because I think Argyle has been pushed pretty hard. I think people are excited about this one. Uh, I, it's uh, Apple TV produced, I believe. And so oh, yeah. it'll be on Apple TV. I don't think it comes out the same time in the theaters, but I, it will eventually, I believe, be on Apple TV. So, uh, But I, I'm stoked, man. I think this one looks like it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. It really looks like a cool film. Yeah, Apple Original Films, Apple Studios. Uh, estimated budget of two hundred million. So, and it has a great cast. I love Bryce Dallas Howard. 
I love Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, John Cena, Samuel Jackson, Catherine O'Hara, Brian Cranston. I mean, the cast just goes on and on and on. This this really looks like a fun spy thriller. It's long. It's two hours and twenty minutes. It's PG thirteen. But Mike, I think this will be a fun one. And then um, after next week, uh, we're gonna have to have a discussion because I think we need to start watching some of these uh, uh, best picture nominees, and uh, we'll talk about that. So, anyways, all right. Other than that, Mike, I am done. I've talked way too much, and you have not talked enough. So uh, you get to talk some more. Okay. Well, uh, I guess with all that, Matt. Um yeah, uh, come check us out next week for Argyle, and uh, we'll catch you on the next pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. And make sure to follow us on the socials, uh, Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook. All right, catch you on the next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. Hi, everybody. This is Mahin Cha loses her cookies. Episode number 48, leave the world behind. Hello, Matthew. How are you this bright evening? Is it really 48? Because, I mean, we did try and record last night, so isn't it now technically 49 since we're redoing it since we had technical issues yesterday? No, it would stay 48 because you had technical issues. It wasn't me that had the issues. You're the one that has the issues. Well, I couldn't help it if I was coughing. So there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, hey, guys, you've got to watch this movie. It is very scary, I think. What movie is this? You haven't introduced it. And who stars in it? And who directed it? And what's I, going on? Ready, set, go. Excuse me. I said it was Leave the World Behind. I don't know who directed it. And I know Julia Roberts was in it, and I can't pronounce, oh, and uh, um, Ethan Hawke, and I can't pronounce the other Mr. Ali's first name. I mess it up all the time. But anyway, and uh, it, it was just really, really a intriguing good movie. It, I stayed awake for the whole works, and uh, I thought it was a uh, scary scary kind of movie and you keep wondering what's happening next what's happening next it it was uh, to me really good and it's even you can be at home and watch it yay it is mahershala ali mahershala why can't i remember how to say his name i mess it up all the time i mahershala was very good as the dad well, Mom, really... I can answer the, your question for you. What? It's because you grew up in the 60s. That's why? Yeah. You were I in college in so. the 60s, so that's why you can't remember anything. Oh, shut up. I can too. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Mahershala... tell, me about Mar- tell me about Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts, Sam Esmael. Uh, what's oh, the, the other girl's name? Mahala, uh, uh, Farrah McKenzie, and Charlie Evans, and Kevin Bacon. Well, Kevin Bacon was really good at that. The kids were were good. 
uh, not real barn burning good, but they were all right for the part. Um, Julia was a shocker. I was shocked because she started out being really uh, very rude and uh, prejudice and rude is all I can say. Uh, I was very shocked with her doing that part because you don't think of her ever in that context. And then, uh, but she improves. Thank goodness she improves. And uh, Mahershala was very good because actually they they left New York City because it, it there was bad stuff going down there. So he came to his house. He was renting his house out. I'm sure they paid a pretty penny. But he wanted to come back to his home to get away from the big city because caca stuff was happening. Fascinating. Very intriguing. Um, I loved when they were at the beach and the, uh, I think it was an oil barge, came on shore and the people were running like crazy. Scary part. I don't think it's a barge. I think it's just a giant ship. But yeah, an oil tanker. Yeah, oil tanker. Okay, not a barge, a well, tanker. Anyway, but and I just, I just love the language you use in your podcast, Mom. We don't use the word caca in uh, real film nerds. We just swear. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I mean, you can say I, whatever you want. This is your show. This is not mine. Yes, I'm it's just mine. The, I'm the sidekick. I am the Matt Hinshaw to your Lee's alive on this. It's mine, and I'll say what I want. Caca if it's caca. But anyway, oh, and I loved the animals, the animals, because, okay, the I, you can explain this to me again, but whatever the, I don't know if it was the grid or the what, but like the electronic stuff went down, no internet, no phones, no TVs, no this, no that, no the other. And uh, that's a scary thought in itself for teenagers not to have their phone, you know. Oh, my goodness, because they're always glued to it. But anyway, they were trying to figure that out. And then here comes the deer in their backyard just looking at them and, you know, stuff. And then later on in the movie, there was like other animals just coming out of the bushes. And and it's like, what the he fires going on there, you know. Very intriguing movie. You, you go from one thing to another, and uh, uh, the relationship between uh, Julia and the other people is, is really interesting to watch. She kind of transforms to be a lot better, you know what I mean. Which I'm glad of, because she was really snotty at the beginning. Uh, I think um, one point that I thought was really amazing that I never thought of is the dad was trying to go drive to the town. He was on the road or freeway or whatever, and he couldn't. He got stopped because all these electric cars were dead in the water on the road, and he couldn't get past them and stuff. Really cool, really cool stuff, which actually probably could happen. A lot of this stuff 
could happen, worst case scenario. And um, I, it was, a, to me, a very interesting movie, and I thought it was very good. Um, caused a lot of um, questions, like when the flamingos came and crashed into their swimming pool and stuff like that. You're like, what the, hey, what's going on there, you know? And uh, so, anyway, I thought it was a very interesting movie, and Hex, I would watch it. I recommend you watched that. It, Mom, you watched it twice. I did watch it twice. Okay, I so had let me go back to your question, since I couldn't get a word in edgewise, because it sounds like you're on meth. I mean, this is the most excited you've been for a movie in a long time. It's really weird, because I didn't think you loved this movie that much. That's wild. No, I thought it was good. I thought it was suspenseful is the word. Suspenseful. Okay? And um, scary because, you know, no internet, no TV. Oh, my God. They would want to die. <sighs> so if you pay attention to Mahershala Ali's character talking about it, he explains the steps that they're doing. And the first step is knocking out communications, which is satellite, television, right. Uh, right. Uh, telephones, um, mm -hmm. internet. All that stuff was mm -hmm. wiped out. That was mm -hmm. the first step, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So it wasn't the grid. It wasn't electricity. It was communications. Okay. Right? Right. So we got that. Got that. Um, so, okay. So since you're done rambling, I'm going to ask you the question that I asked Mike. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think how I phrased it for Mike. Um, do you think this can happen, uh, or do you think this is going to happen? Or no, 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 that's not the question I asked Mike. Shit. The, okay. Maybe I did ask him that question. I'm trying to remember. I didn't, I don't, I only edited it once. I don't listen to it like 12 times over. Anyways. Okay. Let me go back to it. Um, um, this is the question I have. Do you think that the people that did all this stuff was the government or a bunch of countries and terrorist groups that got together and ganged up against us because Kevin Bacon's character thinks it's one way and Mahershala Ali's character says it another way. Which way do you think it was? I think it was other countries of some sort myself. That's what I think. Um, I don't think it was caused internally, but then, you know, that's just my opinion. Okay. That's what, what I got out so of it. Which one was it? It was the I American it, government? No, I do not think it was our government. I think it was another government of another country somewhere. Just somehow. one, or do you think it was like, well, it could have been more. Where it's, you know, Kevin Bacon's character said it was, he said it was the Koreans, mm -hmm. the Iranians, and uh, the Russians, and whoever else teaming up against us. Do you think that's what it was? Or do you think yeah, it was just one? So. Do you think it was just the Russians? No, no. I think probably it was those all folks teamed up, maybe. Yeah. I But I'm not sure. You know, it's just a, a view I have, okay? You know, because well, they could have. That's why I'm have. asking. They could have, they might not have, but they could have. Okay. Yeah. 
And Kevin Bacon was very good in what he did, you know. So anyway, yeah, it, it really causes you to think and oh, a lot, which is interesting, you know, in a movie. And uh, that's my view of the movie, okay? Okay, so you think it was, you know, terrorists. I, I'm confused. I think it's probably they were trying to insinuate that it was the government because you know who uh, two of the producers are on this film, right? Yes, the Obamas, I believe. Correct. So I'm wondering if they were trying to say something with the film. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Maybe they're just trying to get people thinking how powerful I, our government is. I don't know. I think they were trying to get people to think. And I think a lot of, okay, I was discussing this with another person I was talking with. I think they were trying to get the younger people, you know, the 20-year-olds, 20, maybe 30-year-olds, to just think about this uh, could happen, you know what I mean? And, and you know, just ponder that, folks. I think maybe that's why they made this. I don't know. Okay. Well, Sam Esmail, Sam Esmail, the uh, director slash writer, it's also based on a novel. Oh, um, well. Just okay. to let you know. Um, Sam okay. Esmail, the director slash writer of it, did the screen adaptation of the novel. Um, he mm. has always done a lot with technology. Uh, most mm. of his films and shows are all about technology stuff. The Obamas have purchased, not purchased, but bought into Netflix. So mm -hmm. I think maybe they didn't have anything to do with it at all. Maybe their name was just on okay. it, but maybe oh. they did have a take on it. I'm not sure, to be honest I with you. I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted but your opinion. Just, That's what this is for. I see the young people kind of mm, trying to to not think this could happen. You know what I mean? Kind of uh, being ostriches or something. And I almost thought the book was saying, look, people, don't bury your head in the sand and think that, well, one of these things could happen, you know, or, well, maybe all of them could happen, but, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I'm thinking the the storyline or the book uh, said, but I could be totally wrong. I don't know. That's well, just Mom, my That's view. why you have the podcast. You have your opinion. They're like assholes. Everybody's got one. Yep. And that that's kind of my view because, you know, well, and, you know, and I'm talking about the, the so many people just their uh, cell phones are a, a connection of their arm, you know, they can't seem to stand to go without it and stuff. Hey, I but, resemble that comment. I know you do, but anyway, I have to, here. I have to, I got to make that cheddar, ma. I got to, you know, save up to put you in a home. <laughs> I know you do because I need that, you know, but no, I, sometimes I think what in the world would happen? I mean, sometimes, I mean, even if you just have a brownout and you can't use your phone or something, I, I really think some of these folks would just go bananas. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't get on there. 
I can't well, talk to people or I can't see what's, you know, I, I, it's just a possibility. And I think that book kind of showed that, you know, or, oh, my gosh, I don't have the TV to have on constantly and incessantly, you know, what am I going to do? Well, that's an old generation thing because most people don't watch TV now. Well, the one thing is, um, I mean, do I think that stuff could happen? Yeah. I think that more I hear people talking about, oh, well, if the grid goes down, you know, which means no electricity at all anywhere, you couldn't make coffee, you couldn't do this and that, you know. But it definitely causes um, you to think about that situation, you know, and I found it interesting, the electric cars, because, yeah, if they can't charge themselves and stuff, well, you're dead in the water. You can't, you know, can't go anywhere anymore. That kind of thing. There's so your concern, of- your concern with electricity is the electric cars. It's not the fact that people can't heat and cool their homes. Like people in Phoenix say it happened in the summer and it gets up to 140 in their homes and people are dying. People die in Phoenix, mom, with air conditioning. Yeah, I And your know concern is them being able to charge their electric cars. That's not my concern if we lost electricity. It would be heat and cold, number one. You know, number oh, two is true. refrigeration. True. Number two, can see, again, you're doing it. You're talking over me, mom. Stop. The refrigeration of your food, your food spoils, then you can't eat. Think about it. Power goes out, grocery stores, Walmart, stuff like that. They don't have food either. Yeah, but they didn't cover that one. But yes. Mm-hmm. No, but I am agreeing with you that I think that is the more likely scenario that would cause an apocalyptic type event versus what happened in this film. I think the power grid going down, and they have proven that it only takes five power stations to make 90% of the United States go black. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, all, I... they're all interconnected. Yeah, I did know that, but I didn't know it was only five. Jeez. Anyway, yeah, they they didn't cover that exactly. And yes, that is a very scary uh, situation. That's that's all I can say. Yes. And your loss of food and things like that, which Kevin Bacon, I think, said some of that stuff. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let me elaborate on the electricity, Mom. It is not five independent stations. If, like... The, the power station and service that went out and four others went out, it wouldn't be a big deal. There are five specific ones that help garner and run and command and integrate all of them for the okay. said sectors because the different sectors are broken up. And if that okay. main big one or whatever it is, who knows which ones they are, I don't. But if that one goes down, that causes that whole section to go down. And when I say section, we're talking like West Coast, East Coast. A lot of states. You know, Midwest, Southwest, all that stuff. It's not one state. It's like 20 states if one goes, if this one very specific one goes down. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, we are well past your time, young lady. Like always. Well, hush up then. Well, maybe if you didn't cough for 37 minutes. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm better now, so I'm good. I had a little drink of my hot tea. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Oh, and it's probably cold tea now, but. Oh, it's fine. 
How many reels do you give Leave the World Behind? Or not reels, you're cookies, damn it. <laughs> yes, I am cookies. Peanut butter. No, anyway, I give it a four. I didn't give it a five because some I had a few uh, issues with it. Uh, which, but four is, I think, very good. And I think people would find it interesting to watch. So you recommend people definitely see it with four. They should go watch it right now. Yeah. I think they should. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about next week's film? Oh, Argyle is our next week's film, and I'm looking forward to it because of the cat. <laughs> because of the cat? You're looking forward to a film because of a cat? Well, I think it'll... I don't know. I want to see what the heck the cat has to do with it. And it's in it's the trailer. It's a cat, and it's Bryce Dallas Howard's cat. Okay, who's that? <laughs> The main actress. Oh, okay. Ron Howard's daughter. Is that Ron Howard's daughter? Oh, how interesting. Yes. Wow. She's a little bit older than me. She is. Wow. She's really good looking too. Wow. She was born Mm -hmm. March 2nd, 1981. And yes, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to spare talking about how attractive she is with my mother, but you brought it up. Okay, I brought it up. She's very pretty. So go see the movie. How are you recommending a movie you haven't seen yet? That doesn't work. Well, I don't know, but I'm going to go see it. So there. Oh, hell. Okay. Can we go now? Yes. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening to a just magnanimous episode of Ma Hinshaw loses her cookies and uh, she literally almost lost her cookies all over the cell phone. And hopefully I will edit that out for all of you. So you don't have to hear it. But uh, next week, Argyle in the theaters uh, brought to you by Apple, Apple studios, Apple original. I don't know if it's on their streaming service yet, but whatever it uh, go check it out. We will. We will. We'll let you know how it is. Uh, Thanks again, everyone for listening. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.